Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Home run. Hits that one deep to left. Malley with the head down because he knows it is gone. Second home run of the day for Chris Bryant. He is three for three. Six to five Reds as KB pulls the Cubs closer at the Great American Ballpark. That a boy, KB. You know that voice because he's usually hosting this show. Matt Spiegel with the call. Sitting in the booth with the guys. In the Cubs radio booth. Right here on 670 The Score. Rami Makhlouf in for Spiegs this morning into the afternoon with you. Taking you right up to pregame at 1245 for the uh, finale of that three-game set with the Pirates. First pitch at 120 as the Cubs go for six straight. The home run there by Chris Bryant, which thankfully is becoming a more common occurrence this year than we've seen the last couple of years when he's been banged up. But it's not just health. Bryant with some tweaks to his swing this offseason and his dad, Mike Bryant, joined the Bernstein and Rahimi show earlier this week on 670 The Score. And Bernstein asked him, when did you realize you needed to change that swing a little bit for Chris? Uh, that's an interesting question. Well, you you know, you just, you know, it's, it's, it's an ongoing process and it changes, you know, sometimes month to month, week to week even at bat to at bat, but, um, you know, it's a compilation. You look at, uh, you know, who's having success uh, against him. You try to figure out how the pitchers are getting them out. And, uh, you know, this thing, like, seemed to be kind of like a slow culmination of things, you know, where pitchers starting to pitch up in the zone and, you know, to combat the, quote, launch angle revolution, you know, unquote, you know, those those two dreaded words, launch angle, you know, which is basically just a number. So, I mean, the pitchers, the pitchers are pitching up in the zone. We had to adjust this bat path. You know, it's a, it, you know, it, it takes time to make these adjustments. It takes a lot of hard work, lots of reps, a couple hundred hacks in the cage at a time daily. And then eventually you just, you just react accordingly. And uh, so he, he, you know, he flattened his bat at the top of the zone, made sure he was getting his hands above the baseball uh, where the, the pitchers were, you know, getting the, you know, he was missing under the ball. So we had to make some adjustments. And, you know, we saw that over the last, basically over the last year, you know, prior to pandemic in, uh, in 2020, it was the same thing. They started to work their way up in the zone and Chris made some adjustments over the winter and, they, you know, worked hard with him in spring training, and they finally clicked in. It took, you know, took a little bit, but hopefully, uh, hopefully, they, you know, he he's ingrained them into his into his swing now. 
Well, and it sounds like that's definitely the case when you're talking about 200 hacks a day. That was one thing that was brought up specifically. Was that the ballpark number that you guys ended up with? Or is that what yeah. you decided was going to really build the muscle memory to make these things happen? I think it just, you know, when you're working, you know, you're not really, you're not really counting them. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, you work an hour and a half. Uh, 90 minutes at a time, maybe two hours in the cage over, you know, you, you're going at a nice, easy pace. And, and, and that's pretty much what it adds up to. Um, you know, it's more of a time frame. You know, you don't want to practice when you're tired because uh, you don't really get anything out of it. You want every swing that you take in the cage to be meaningful. We do it on the tee, um, and then we go to the machine and, you know, try to locate accordingly and then try to, you know, try to speed it up a little bit, try to get it to game speed. And, and see if they, you know, he can execute at game speed. You know, this is something that big leaguers, you know, this is not new what, you know, what Chris do. Big leaguers do this all the time. Some guys are, are you, know, you know, I'm not saying better at it, but they're just, they're just more in tune with what they need to do to make adjustments. J.D. Martinez comes to mind, Josh Donaldson, you know, all these guys that have, have discovered, you know, that there's more hits in the air than there are on the ground. It's just that we have to figure out how to get it in the air hard. You don't want a line drive or high line drive. You don't want to hit fly balls. You don't want to be too much under the ball. But you don't want to be on top of the ball either because when you hit the ball on the ground, you're out pretty much, you know, with shifts and everything. You're out night almost 85, 85% of the time. So the answer is to get the ball in the air. And when it's elevated in the zone, you know, it's harder to get the ball in the air you know, with these guys throwing 95 to 100 miles an hour now, it's just really tough to catch up to those. So you have to figure out the path, shortest path to the ball, whatever it takes, a swing thought, you know, whatever it takes, whatever it's going to be that, that the hitter can latch onto that works for him. And it, it's more of a mental thing because your body won't adjust unless you think it. And, you you know, you, you have to think it to make it adjust. And so you're trying to, just you know, the muscle memory thing, you know, yeah, you know that's a great word, but you know the brain has memory. I don't think the muscles have memory. This, you know, I think what the brain has to do is is remember that sensation, that that feeling. It's a sensation you feel in your swing that gets you on path. And a lot of times, most of the time throughout the entire course of a 162 game season, they they the, the hitter loses it a little bit and he's, he's always fighting it. He's always grinding. He's always trying to get himself comfortable and in a groove where he's seeing it well and he's executing well. You know, you know, the game it's you, you fail seven out of 10 times and you're one of the best and trying to get to that, you know, three out of 10 success is not easy. So what I find interesting, Mike is, you know, having talked to Chris in the past and he used to always talk about trying to hit the bottom third of the baseball. And I like how you kind of laughed off the, uh, the, the launch angle is some kind of new thing. When in fact, any of us who've read the art of hitting when we were kids know that, that goes back to Ted Williams and, and who you have uh, worked with personally, you know, connecting the, yeah. the, the first person to really, you know, Babe Ruth himself started hitting home runs when they weren't considered gentlemanly, when it wasn't the way the game was played. <laughs> and everybody said, Hey, this Ruth guy might be onto something here and it does seem when you're talking about uh, maybe countervailing mental ideas here of being on top of the ball being having the hands high there you're not actually swinging down you're still trying to elevate the ball but how do you square those two things how do you square that that swing thought of being on top of the ball don't let the ball get below my hands with also understanding you're still trying to generate lift 
you know, it, it, there's a lot of ways to look at it. I mean, you know, Ted kept it simple. He, you know, a pitcher's on a mound. He's releasing the ball from about a six foot two to six foot six inch height. He throws to a catcher who's got a glove 18 inches off the ground. The ball path is it's traveling downhill. So, in order for you to get the bat lined up with the ball, you have to swing uphill slightly. Now, the science behind it. Okay, that's a general statement, but the science behind it is what Ted has found was that that angle is an upward angle to the ball to the ball between six and ten degrees, depending on the pitch. If it's a fastball, it's less, six closer to six degrees, and then you know up to as much as ten with all the depth that's being created on the pitches. You know when they throw sliders that break out and down and splitters, all that stuff. Everything breaks down, even two seam fastballs. So to square it up, you have to you have to swing slightly up. But if your hands get below the path of the ball, the bat is going to be way below the the path of the ball, the barrel head, because you don't swing level, and you just don't swing level. It's to swing level, you would be, you know, it's hard to hit the middle of the ball when you're swinging level. So you want to swing slightly up. You're going to hit the middle of the ball. The bottom third of the ball really becomes the middle of the ball. Mm-hmm. If you can, it, if you could visualize this, it's when you're coming up at a 6 degree angle and you're hitting the bottom of the, the the middle of the middle of the ball it looks like it's really on the bottom third of the ball because of the angle that you're coming up so that's what that's what Chris meant he's focusing on that part of the ball so that he can get the barrel there um, if you're going to you know if you hit the top of the ball and bang the ball that's back in the 80s the old cardinals uh 80s teams with the astroturf and everything used to bang the ball into the ground and rely on their speed you know you know, I, I I don't know that you know we not a, not the way that that I was taught mm-hmm. to hit and to swing down on the ball. So yeah, you really you want to hit the middle of the ball. But think about it: if you meet the ball squarely at a perfect six degree angle coming up, and it's released from the pitcher, it's going to go right back where it came from, right to the pitcher's hand or his glove. So that's why if you hit the ball less than ten degrees, you know the old launch angle thing in the air. Uh, it's going to be in the infield most of the time. Now that you get shifts, you're going to get out. You have to hit it over the shift. So you have to craft a swing that's going to produce line drives, you know, and, and to get technical at about 12 degrees or higher. Okay? And and if you do that and you hit it square, it's going to go to the outfield, and, and it's probably going to be a hit most of the time. And I guess the numbers are if you hit the ball in the air, 75% of the time, you're going to get a hit. And a lot of times, it's going to do some serious damage. If you hit the ball on the ground, and these are numbers, these are facts, about 85% of the time, you're going to be out. So you just do the math and figure it out. you got to hit the ball in the air. But there's things that can be exploited in the swing. And, you know, when you pitch up in the zone, that angle is even less. You know, up at the top of the zone, it's, you know, closer to two and three degrees. So you can, you know, if the, if the hitter is off just a, a smidge and he's, he's, he's not going to hit it or follow it back at best, we figured a way to, to get a little bit flatter through the zone at the top of the zone. And that's what he's been doing this year. They've been pitching him up, and, and, and he's, he's basically been very consistent in making hard contact with those pitches. Now that's going to change. You know it's going to change. The scouts are out there with the scouting reports are saying Bryant's hitting the high fastball. Now we need to go back to the sliders, try to get him to chase off the plate. And, you know, we, you try to stay ahead of that. But 
you can the only way you can stay ahead of it is to get out there and, and play and see what they're doing and see the patterns that they're establishing. Ted Williams used to talk about that. Pitchers establish, you know, patterns. They throw pitches in certain counts. They throw them to certain spots. And that's what happens. And then the hitter has to adjust accordingly, and that's what they mean by making adjustments. The swing is the swing. You hope to ingrain that in your, you know, with your swing thoughts. So I think well, that, that Chris has done, done a good job. He's done a great job. When you think about where he is as far as stats in Major League Baseball, he's top five in OPS. He's got nine home runs. That's tied for second in the league. He's 10th in RBI, despite the Cubs' offense obviously struggling. What do you think about his performance so far and where he's at, especially given what he's gone through emotionally and mentally to get to this point? Yeah, well, the emotional and mental part, I mean, there's, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, prior to this season, over the, the last 281 games, he played hurt or injured. There's distinctions there in 141 of those 280 games. And, um, you know, Chris, you know, wants to play and, you know, he doesn't want to – the last thing in the world he is is soft. Boy, I kind of – laughed at that when I read some of that stuff soft yeah right you can imagine trying to play this game in pain it's it's not easy it's not like football you know I remember the guy Ronnie Lott supposedly cut off his ring finger and went out and played the second half you know Jack Youngblood I think played with a broken uh, leg mm-hmm. I mean you know those guys could still play I guess if you can deal with the pain but the problem is is the execution of, of baseball skills body the body doesn't work well when you're in pain, it just doesn't do it. You can't, you just can't do it. It's you, you better taking time off, but he's, yeah. So it's been, it's taken a mental toll on him. I mean, the pandemic, I mean, was very difficult to play through last year. Um, I don't even call it a season more like scrimmage games, you know, a 60 game scrimmage schedule, but I, we're, it's all past that. Now he got past his uh, 18 season with his, with his uh, shoulder injury. It's really sapped his power. Um, 19, he played through just a little tweak in his knee, but luckily none of these injuries uh, required any surgical repair or anything. They were just uh, nagging injuries that made it difficult for him to perform. He's ready to go, and I think that's been the big that's been the big change. And you know, it's it, it's satisfying to see. Well, it's a critical juncture in his career, Mike, and I'm wondering how mindful are you of of what's next about what this resurgence means for either his overall market value or whether how attractive a trade chip he may be depending on the fortunes of the cubs which which scenarios have have you thought through um i've never even given it a second thought about about contract year we don't think about money we just you know value you know the cubs are going to do what they want to do um they're going to do what they think is best those things are just distractions chris chris has to play baseball that's what he does he's a professional baseball player that's his job and he has to do what's necessary to go out there and, and perform he can't control the only thing that he can control you know is what he's thinking you can't control any outcomes uh you know it, it, and then the decision makers are going to make decisions based on Okay, can this guy still do it? Can he play? You know, if they had a crystal ball, you know, then it might be easy for him. They might be, you know, they they, they can look at him and say, hey, okay, this guy's going to do this when he's 34. That's dumb. <clears throat> what 
it, you know, the, I, I don't even look at it as a critical juncture in his career. It's just, it is what it is. I mean, he's, he's going to be able to play. He's going to get a contract. Who knows how big it is? Who knows how long it is, but he's going to be able to play this game for a while. And, uh, you know, less than, less than 1% of all the guys that play in the major leagues get to play 12 years. You know, that's, that's pretty sobering when you think about it. So, and I think Chris is going to definitely be able to be one of those guys that has a career in baseball. So we just don't, we just don't think about it. it. You can't control it. And trying to play under those conditions is ridiculous. Well, and I will say this though, the thing that you also can't control is what he's doing on the field. And the work that you put in in the offseason and continue to put in to elicit that change is making that happen. You're seeing the results. So I would hope that at least for you and him that there is an element of satisfaction there knowing that this is working. Oh, there is. But there's a total element of satisfaction, you know. But there's also uh, the element of humility, you know, you, you, any, this game can turn on you at any, it's, it, it, you know, baseball is designed to break your heart. I mean, the game, it's just the, 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 uh, the failure that's built into the game is it can be crushing at times, but the main thing is, is, is you have to keep reverting back to your youth and, and realize why you played this game. You, you know, to have fun playing the, it's a fun game to play, you know, at the major league level, you know, they're, you get to hit white baseballs. You remember Bull Durham, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it's true. You get, you eat good food. You have a good life. Your career is extremely short. Most of these guys are done when they're, you know, when they're, they barely turn 30 and their career's over their whole life's ahead of them. And, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that play the game don't get that financial security. We've been blessed there, you know, but that's also a fact that he worked his butt off to get there too. So, yeah, this is it's very satisfying, but we're not going to revel in it, and and we're gonna, you know we're gonna we're gonna just do what we got to do. He comes home every year. Um, he's the same kid. We go out there. He takes his month off. We play golf, uh, spend a lot of time together, um, and then when it's time to go to work, he gets with his personal trainer, and he gets after it. Keeps his body in shape. He eats well. He takes care of himself, and. Uh, we spend an awful, almost, you know, we spend at least four to five days a week in the cage. And, uh, and, uh, it, it's great. The, the father son thing, man, is, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm in, that I'm involved with him and, uh, you know, on a daily basis. And, and, and he listens to me and, cause I'm still learning. I, I try to learn something new every day about hitting and, you know, we're gonna, but we're gonna adjust accordingly. You know, there's, talk his launch angles down this year his career is 19.6 he's at 14.2 now launch angle is a number we never looked at launch angle as as being the end all be all it's just a number and uh it's a result the ball comes off the bat and it comes off the bat at different angles they measure it they try to infer things from it and it 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 never it, it never squares up or dictates to us what direction we want to head in all i can tell you is that ted williams kept it really simple and that's my guiding philosophy is that there's a slight upswing to the to the uh swing path sometimes it's more sometimes it's less it's not level it's up and all Mm -hmm. the best hitters in the game if you watch them hit 
go on YouTube, you can pull, you can see their swings are so similar. They may have uh, a little bit different way they stand, okay. But when they start their swings, they're all very very similar, and it, and it's really dictate dictated by body type. You know, a guy like Altuve, or a guy like Chris or Aaron Judge or Stanton, their body type, whether they're muscular, uh, whether they're lean, they they have different ways of getting to the ball, because that's what their body allows them. But you know, long. Long arms and long legs can be a curse because, and your height, because the strike zone, you know, seven across, 11 high, it expands when you're tall. You're, mm-hmm. There's probably 14 more locations in the zone that a pitcher can throw to. 14 more options to a guy like Chris or Stanton or Judge, as opposed to, you know, 77 spots in the strike zone as a typical average guy, about 6'2", you know, you, you raise that up. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The 91 for a guy 6'6". Six, six. The pitcher's got, what, 25 30% more uh, zone to throw to. Does That makes it difficult, too. Mike, before we let you go, how much coordination and or conflict do you have with anybody on on the Cubs and in their hitting infrastructure? Because they've got a huge staff of, of hitting instructors there that are paid a lot of money to maximize what they have. And I understand for, for a PGA golfer to fix his swing, that's on him. It doesn't affect anybody else. But in a team environment, I could understand if the team's like, look, 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 we, we've got this. We, we have hitting coaches here. Do you work with them? Do you, do, do you care what they say? How do you make sure that everybody's on the same page? There's no ego involved here. There's ultimate respect for these guys that are that are teaching at that level. I've talked with Mally when he was there. I approached. He came out to my cage. Spent with Termel Sledge. Spent a couple days out here. There's no there's no inherent uh, things. You know, you got to remember this. Each major league hitter, okay, is his own instructor. He's the one swinging the bat, so he's going to determine what works for him and what doesn't. You know, Chris doesn't hinge on every word that I say. He just trusts my opinion and he processes it and he bounces it off uh, everybody. Let me let me go on record here right now as saying that, you know, all the the stupid things that were said about Chili Davis, look, that guy is, is a he's a, a 
veteran major leaguer. He's, he's got a lot of respect amongst uh, major leaguers. There was no conflict whatsoever between Rizzo and, and Chris and Chili Davis. Nothing. Zero. Ultimate respect for that guy. So, yeah, when you bring up the, the instructors thing, nobody's conflicting with anybody. I went down to St. Louis, and Chili treated me like, you know, I was one of, one of him, one of his peers. And, and he was just about the nicest guy that you could ever meet. And I feel bad what happened to him, you know, because they always get the blame. They never get the credit. They always get the blame. They always fire the hitting coach or they always fire the manager. It's, it's unfair. It's a ruthless part of the game. But, you know, look, Chris has the ultimate respect for a guy like Chili Davis. So there was no truth to the fact that, you know, Chris and Anthony got him fired. That was dumb. Did you? I'm sure you've read that. That's been out there. That's totally dumb. You know, they just they just they have their guys. They, they want them in, in certain positions and they let them go. And and they just they teach. It's a wonderful thing. It really is. And these guys that, that dedicate themselves to being hitting instructors at the major league level, they do a yeoman's work. They video announce. They do everything they can to help the, to help the hitters. But you've got to remember that in the end, you know, the, the hitter, he has to process information. He's, he's the one swinging the bat. In the end, it's all about him. Um, and, and, and that's what I've been pressed on Chris his whole life. He says, He's a great listener, and he's extremely coachable. And there's plenty of things that he's learned along the way from all kinds of hitting coaches on the way up. And I think that that's important to know. There's no conflict. There's no egos involved. I'm not stepping on anybody's toes. You know, I'm his dad, and he has a tremendous relationship with me, a lifelong relationship with me, you know, as a son and as a as a baseball player. I think everybody has respected that uh, in the Cubs organization. And, that, you know, that's the way I feel about it. I'm, I told I told Iapochi from day one, I said, hey, man, he's your guy. Go for it. You know, he's going to be fun to work with. Mike Bryant, we really appreciate you taking the time, and it's uh, it's funny. Cause I know my my parents always said to me with a uh, with a raised eyebrow, the whole they said, they said the only point of having kids was to have grandkids. So once once the next generation came along, they didn't want to spend any time with us anymore. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's great being a grandpa. Let me tell you, I love Aww. my uh, my grandson. is He's about the happiest, cutest, most wonderful little baby. I, I have a biased opinion though, but um, he's. He's just a joy. I can't wait to see him again. He's been, he's, uh, I haven't seen him since spring training, and that's that's really hard on me. And I'm always talking about about Kyler Lee, KB two, and and uh, I can't wait. You know, he's just he's just amazing. I can't wait to start playing catch with him. And I was just gonna say, you him. can't wait to get him in the cage. Is what you're talking about. You can't wait yeah. till he can first you know, show him how to hold a bat. I know, I know where that's coming from. And anyway, he Mike, is, thank you. Yeah, he's a joy. Thanks oh, so God. much, Mike. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. There's proud papa and proud grandpa, Mike Bryant, father of Chris Bryant, on with Bernstein and Rahimi a couple days ago. If you missed any portion of that, even on the replay, you can always go back and check it out at the uh, Odyssey app or 670thescore.com. Text came in during that, so I've never heard a baseball swing so well articulated. Yeah, I would love to talk baseball and swings with Mike Bryant for a good long while. Rami Makhlouf in for Matt Spiegel. Wrap up, hit and run right after this. Get you ready for Cubs and Pirates right here on 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station.
final segment, hit and run. Rami Makhlouf in for Matt Spiegel this morning into the afternoon, just a few minutes away from pregame for the finale of this three-game set between the Cubs and the Pirates. 12.45 pregame, 120 first pitch with Pat and Ron on the call right here on 670. The score, speaking of being on the call, and the radio call is always great, but I am remiss uh, three hours and 30-some and minutes into hit and run to not have mentioned and said congratulations to Beth Moens for being the the first woman to do play-by-play announcing for the Chicago Cubs yesterday on the Marquee Sports Network. And on this Mother's Day, I think it's appropriate what uh, Beth said before the game in her interview on Marquee, and that is, quote, if there were any naysayers, I just said, well, you know what? My mom told me that I could. I'm going to go ahead and pursue that. And, and Rami, uh, having, too. Like l- looking yeah. at Twitter yesterday during the game, like there was a lot of praise for Beth Moens, which is she shocking was, for a play-by-play announcer because usually those people get ripped to shreds. She was great. She was really, really good at it, and I'm I'm all for as much as I love Boog and and Jim Deshays and Pat Hughes and Speegs when he's gotten in the booth. The more we can get a Beth Moens, whether it's on marquee or if it's possible, get her right here on the score. I am all about it i'm all about breaking barriers and uh and it's it is really it's it, it'll make you feel a whole lot better and like you can take on the world when mom is in your corner and and it's it's appropriate that on mother's day day before mother's day beth would uh would say that i know boog will be back as will pat and ron for the finale of this three-game set between the cubs and the pirates coming up lineups out for the cubs pirates lineup not out yet but the cubs We'll lead off third baseman Matt Duffy. Wilson Contreras will be behind the plate and batting second. Anthony Rizzo at first base. He'll bat third. Chris Bryant, the chess piece that moves all over the board. For David Ross, he'll be in left field today and cleaning up. David Bodie gets to start at second. He'll bat fifth. Batting sixth, Jason Hayward, the right fielder. In center field today will be Jake Marisnik. Uh, Ildemaro Vargas. I always have a hard time with that first name. Ildemaro Vargas, the shortstop. Will uh, bat eighth. Kyle Hendricks on the mound and batting ninth for the Cubs today. Did throw a seven-inning complete game in game one of a doubleheader versus the Dodgers earlier this week on Tuesday. So hopefully Kyle figuring things out. Finished that thing out with six strikeouts, one rock, one walk, one run allowed. And he now has a 2-4-5 ERA in 22 innings this season against any team other than the Atlanta Braves. So really Kyle Hendricks has been pretty good when it's not the Atlanta Braves on the other side of things, that lineup for you again quickly. Duffy, Contreras, Rizzo, Bryant, uh, Bodie, Hayward, Mariznick, Vargas, and Hendricks. And th- throughout a good portion of this show today, I've been saying that I don't I don't know what to do with this team. If if I would be a fool to to start to believe and jump back on the bandwagon after I jumped off early in the season with their struggles. And I don't know that we're going to find out anything about this team soon. But I can tell you, in three or four weeks you don't pay too close of attention to the schedule we might be feeling really good about this Cubs team even better than we do now as they go for their sixth straight win this afternoon against the Pirates in just a few minutes here on 670 to score their next 21 games only five come against teams that are currently over 500 now three of those are in St. Louis against the first place Cardinals so You'll have a bunch of games against teams that are, are are not playing great baseball right now. Again, just five of their next 21 games will be against teams over 500, and you'll get some chances in that to uh, make up some ground on the St. Louis Cardinals. So three, four weeks from right now, I, I and again, it might still be fool's gold because of who they're playing. I might be here on 670 to score in, in one of the various shifts 
that I've been hosting on weekends, feeling real excited about the Chicago Cubs baseball team. I don't know if I should be or not, but I just might be. I might let them go ahead and continue to fool me for just a little bit longer. Thanks to everybody who joined us on the show today. Maddie Lee, NBC Sports Chicago Cubs writer. Also, Scott Merkin, who covers the White Sox for MLB.com. Mike Petriello, if you missed any of those interviews or that conversation uh, that Bernstein and Rahimi had with Mike Bryant, it's all up at 670thescore.com or that handy-dandy, totally free Odyssey app. Like the score and take us with you wherever you may go. My thanks, of course, to Sean Anderson back in the studio. Great job producing this thing and getting me on the air on the ones and twos this afternoon. And to everybody listening to Hit and Run right here on 670 The Score, I'm Rami Makhlouf and filling in for Matt Spiegel saying, enjoy the baseball this afternoon. Happy Mother's Day. And uh, we'll talk to you again. I don't know when I'm back. Actually, I do. Two weeks from now, I'm back in an afternoon shift on 670 The Score. Thanks for listening. Hi, Mom. Hi, LA. Hi, Mom. This is for you. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t